everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of October 18th through October 27th. It is the final episode in this year's spooky month. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. I got nothing today, sorry guys. And Ben Lamoureux. <laughs> What's going on? Nintendo is holding their shareholders meeting pretty much right after we finish recording this episode. Great timing. Um, so by the time you're listening, there's probably going to be a ton of Nintendo news out at Gamnesia.com about their mobile plans, uh, their new president, maybe some movie deals, maybe some stuff about NX. Uh, I have a hunch they'll be announcing their first mobile game, so we'll see where that goes. But be sure to visit Gamnesia for everything that comes out of that. Uh, there will probably be news lasting well into the week as well, so we'll break it all down for you on next week's episode. But for this week, there's lots of news, as always. We're going to start out this week with some Zelda. We've got some news for Triforce Heroes and Zelda U. We're going to move on to some awesome Pokemon developments, Splatfests, Mario Tennis, Mario Maker update with checkpoints, and more. Uh, we may or may not have a discussion segment this week, depending how much time uh, we need to scramble to prepare ourselves for covering the investor meeting. And for the same reason, the audio editing in this episode might be a little sloppy, so I apologize in advance for any of that. Please bear with us. But uh, now, with that long preamble out of the way, let's dig in. You guys ready? I'm oh, always yeah. ready. Awesome. His body well, is ready. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes has arrived. It's available now on 3DS, and it's getting decently good reviews. There are a few 8s and aboves. Uh, there are a few way down around 5 out of 10, though. Nintendo Life notably gave it a 6 out of 10. Um, the general sentiment is that multiplayer is a blast, but single player is just a total, like, god-awful mess. Um, some reviewers didn't like any of the game, including the multiplayer, but uh, when I read those ones, it sounded to me more like connection issues and bad multiplayer interactions than an actual bad game. Um, that could just be me reading into it, though. Thoughts? What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, that's always a problem with a game that focuses so heavily on uh, online multiplayer, and then when you're reviewing it, you're not going to have quite the same experiences when the game actually comes out. So uh, when I was doing like a we did a roundup of, of reviews for the game, and there was a lot of people that were like, oh yeah, you know, I got stuck with uh, crappy teammates. Only play with friends. It's not fun if you play with strangers. But that might not be the case, you know, for people playing it, the, the full release, rather than just the uh, the review copies out. Yeah, I kind of have a similar relationship with the game where I think you there's really no other way to look at it other than evaluating it through its multiplayer. Um, and evaluating it as a multiplayer game and not as a Zelda game. Because yeah. as a Zelda game, I mean, the dungeons are kind of meh. There's some good boss battles, there's occasionally some good regular enemy encounters, but really it's about the teamwork element. Right, and you know, they said it originally was not planned to have a single player mode. Um, I think it was Aonuma um, basically said, no, it has to have a single player mode, there's no way we're, we're launching a Zelda that is only online. Yeah, it, it was Aonuma, and it was also uh, partway into the development process, because the director had planned for it to be multiplayer only, and they had developed quite a big chunk of the game doing that and then onuma yeah. you know was like hey you should try to make one of these levels single player and then they did and he was like okay make them all single player so um you know i feel like you know it's it's great that it has a single player mode because there's people that are going to want that not everyone's going to have a good connection or uh, friends um but <laughs> but the the problem is if you like halfway through a game's development cycle you know tack a single player mode on as opposed to you know, starting from day one thinking I need to design this so it can be played by single player or multiplayer, then, you know, you get exactly what Alex described, where you, you can't really look at this as a traditional Zelda game. You have to just look at it right, as a multiplayer right. game. Yeah, and for those who, who aren't familiar, the single player is basically, it's exactly the same as the multiplayer mode, but uh, it's you control 
each link one at a time and so you'll leave the other two behind and it's just uh... honestly i think it's fine for the most part until you get to parts where you have to really coordinate uh yeah. puzzles with multiple people yeah um that becomes kind of annoying i noticed that as soon as world two in the game so that just tells you how kind of invasive that is yeah uh, there's also some hidden data though that suggests that triforce heroes will have paid dlc in the future um i think this is great you know it's it's gameplay structure totally works with dlc um but i'm curious what you two think i mean i'm fine with it it's already basically a sort of compartmentalized quest structure so there's no reason why they right. can't add to that the question i think will be whether the i will want to pay play pay to play more triforce heroes by the time i finish the game right right um, I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I'm actually. I haven't finished the game. I'm only about halfway done, so uh, okay. can't can't tell you for sure. Zelda is chugging along in the console front, though, as Onuma says they're trying to finish Zelda U as fast as possible, and he asks fans to be patient in the light of the now infamous delay. He teased what may be some of the first solid information we've gotten about the game in a long time, though, as he says that the open world will likely have its own surprise twist. He says that they don't want to incorporate fan feedback, uh, like asking for a bigger open world as it is already, but rather take the fan feedback and incorporate those ideas in more creative, unexpected ways so that when we get the game, it's not just like, yep, that's what I thought it would be. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as long as it, this doesn't result in a situation where we get a one step forward, two steps back sort of scenario, that sounds fine to me. Or as long as when he says we don't want to incorporate fan feedback about wanting a bigger open world, he really means we're not going to give you a bigger open world at all. But so far, I have no evidence either way. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and with so with so little, I mean, there's just so little to to sort of draw from in in commentary so yeah it's been almost a year since we've seen anything from the game hasn't it wasn't uh the it was january the december year or maybe december yeah i think it was december when they did the the game awards yeah yeah um but again you know i think with the delay i think they're they're changing so much i would imagine that i'm not surprised yeah i think the the reaction to the game awards was so radically different and so much calmer than they were hoping for and and really needed so i think they sort of took that as so as to say okay we really need to rethink what we're doing here and i hope on top of that that they are they're also rethinking the way they present the game and not just the way they're approaching the game because i think he's here's a horse right right like in addition to kind of what they showed being kind of lackluster the way that they introduced everything just was not momentous at all and a zelda game needs to be momentous yeah, definitely. Moving on to Pokemon, uh, Game Freak bought out a company called Koa Games, which was a Japanese developer who made mobile games for smartphones. Two things to keep in mind here. Uh, one, this probably has nothing to do with Pokemon Go, because Game Freak isn't involved in that project. And two, uh, Koa Games was losing money, they were about to go under. Game Freak bought them out in August, dissolving the studio and absorbing its staff, so it could have something to do with mobile projects. Um, I tend to think, though, that if they absorbed the company into Game Freak instead of keeping it as a separate studio, uh, that it may have more to do with incorporating more mobile gameplay sensibilities into Game Freak's projects. Like, I could see the people who worked at Koa playing a big role in designing Pokemon's UI in the future, um, making future iterations of things like the Pokegear and the Pokenav, stuff like that. Right, you know, we've talked in the past about how Nintendo's uh, touchscreen technology is obviously you know, pretty compatible with smartphone games. So mm-hmm. that would be a, you know, a good decision if they were able to bring on some talented people to, you know, sort of help them with that. Although, uh, 
you know, the, the fact that they were losing money is a little disheartening. Well, I think that sort of goes back into what I was saying about designing like UIs and stuff for Game Freaks projects, you know, getting sort of the design talent on board and not really, you know, clearly their business model was not working. Yeah. So I don't think it's much, so much about adapting mobile games as it mm. is to getting people who are talented in designing those kinds of things to work on the projects that Game Freak is guiding. Um, and I could see that really helping, especially with Pokemon, which basically abandons the UI it created with every new game. Um, like each each new game, like Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I think had the best sort of uh, like menu system and everything. Um, and then you know, but that completely redi- redesigned what Diamond and Pearl did, and then that got completely redesigned in Black and White. It got almost completely redesigned in X and Y. Um, I like a lot of the stuff they did, but there's a lot of other stuff that. They, you know, again, one step forward, two steps backward. So I think that can help fix a lot of sort of those interface problems that Pokemon has been having. It's very clunky. I think in particular, as we start seeing them approaching more form factors and not uh, not just touchscreens, but but possibly a new brand new form factor that we'll see on NX or something like that. Uh, a company like this, where the, the talent is really on developing games for multiple platforms, really kind of makes sense. This week was a big week for nostalgic Pokemon fans too, as Facebook's trending bar may have already told you, but you'll soon be able to make your very own Pikachu plush at Build-A-Bear workshops around the globe. And meanwhile, a real-life Pokemon gym is opening up in Japan. It's going to have trainer tips and areas where you can battle and get experience and stuff. Really wild idea, but people seem to love it. Yeah, there's there's uh, different stations where you can learn different Pokemon techniques and compete in like mini games and stuff, and you can... Uh... You can actually win prizes for your game. I think it's rare Pokemon that you can win in like X and Y and uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, which is really cool. I find it sort of bizarre that this didn't happen sooner, though. You'd think this would have happened during the heyday back when Pokemon was super popular. <laughs> yeah, right? Right, you know, they've got the Pokemon uh, Center stores, but I guess it just took them a while to translate that to gyms as well. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the the more modern technologies of like pokemon bank and you know all the wireless capabilities really facilitates a, a concept like this a lot better than you know having to do everything through game boy link cables and cartridges the batter whose batteries are gonna die in five years anyway i don't know and then i also think um obviously japan is a, a great place to launch us not just because of their pokemon craze but also just because the uh slot machines or not slot machines i'm sorry arcade machines and things like that are much more popular in japan than they are basically anywhere else and this not exactly an arcade but it's a similar environment where you're going to come and there's going to be a lot of different stations where you try out different sure, things and sort sure. of compete with people so i think this fits in really well with the uh the japanese arcade scene sure and i think the gym would tie in great too with pokemon go um, I don't even really have any specific ideas, you know, it just seems like a like a perfect fit all around. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see them building some competitive feature in uh, where certain competitive yeah. events center around the gym. Yeah, I mean, like, from battling to trading to, like, everywhere, like, I just, it, it seems like the perfect tool. Yeah. They need to open up seven more gyms and just have an official Pokemon <laughs> League in Japan. <laughs> well, who knows, maybe you'll be able to establish sort of your own gym, but they'll sort of create the pattern for that with a, with this official one. I mean, where is this gym opening? Is it in the Kanto region? <laughs> <laughs> Important questions. Uh, the next Splatfest is happening in Japan and North America this weekend at all the usual times. Japan's theme is love versus money, while North America's theme is pirates versus ninjas. Which, money, pirates. <laughs> which is an excellent debate to settle, but without a doubt less satisfying for this weekend as trick versus treat. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, they also changed the Splatfest results formula by bumping the battle win multiplier up from four to six times. It's unclear whether this may be only for North America, but either way, popularity now counts for only one-seventh of either team's final score. In some places, maybe everywhere. Yeah, I, I don't know. I found this. I found the Splat Set Fest results formula to be kind of in the right place already. I don't know why they yeah. need to change it. Um, yeah. Like, I don't feel like we've ever had a situation where someone won that really shouldn't have won. Uh, I think Japan is at a couple of those situations. I believe oh, yeah? maybe Europe's had one or two. Yeah, I've definitely seen some upset, um, but I'm not involved in the Splatfest scene heavily enough to to know exactly the details. It's it's also weird as a player because you, your experience during the Splatfest may have nothing to do with what you wind up seeing in the results. Yeah. So the yeah. whole the whole especially if they're changing it so often, you know. I, I hope this is the final change that they make. Yeah, like I feel like it, it needs to just kind of they need to just kind of let it ride and then yeah. and stop focusing on trying to tweak it and start focusing on getting better themes because that Transformers <laughs> theme was really fun. That was so great. Uh, even Pirates vs Ninjas is fun. I know you'd say yeah. I know you're saying you'd rather have a, a more like Halloweeny theme. I mean, but, I um, think Pirates vs Ninjas is great. I think it's a great theme. Missed opportunity. But then you have stuff like. I can't even think of a good one off the top of my head because I haven't been paying that close attention. Uh, whatever the first one was wasn't very great. I remember Goku that. versus Vegeta. Oh God. <laughs> um, I'd love to see more more licensed stuff. That like it would be mm-hmm. a shame if we didn't see something Star Wars related. Oh um, man, that would be great. But you know, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, but that's really what I think. Where I think that the the energy should be, and and in particular, I still would love to keep Splatfest memorabilia in game, and it's mm-hmm. it's just a shame. That, that that's been a missed opportunity because uh, it, it basically winds up being dlc costumes that are purely like for rewards for participating weekend. yeah yeah and i think it would also especially for something like pirates versus ninjas like it would be great to make that a full outfit especially like yeah. it's halloween i mean what would be better than playing splatoon in like a pirate costume and a ninja costume and have a team of pirates versus a team of ninjas <laughs> i mean like yeah, especially when fashion is such a big part of the game yeah, I mean, you, you'd think they would go a little harder on that kind of stuff, and I get why they're not. You know, it's not a big deal, but it would be nice. I imagine one of the reasons is that uh, since they've been differing by region, they probably aren't putting in the yeah. effort to kind of make the themes more, I guess, prevalent in, in right. the, the actual the visuals. Right. Yeah, like, but, but it's too bad because that would be a really progressive move for Nintendo to do something like that. Well, you know, and they could also reuse, like, different themes for different regions at different times. Like, yeah. something like something like Pirates vs. Well, they did vers- with uh, Cats vs. Dogs. Yeah. Well, right, exactly. And something like Pirates vs. Ninjas, you know, any region could get that. And, you know, they could give it to North America for Halloween and then give it to other countries just at other random times. Yeah, that's you know, true. They don't need to, so. Especially, you know, uh, choices that have been particularly well-received, like the Transformers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then another thing that I don't get is why don't they inject some Nintendo-themed thing into... Yeah, I'm sure... I mean, I think they might not want to do that just because Smash is kind of their big cross-promotional thing. Um, It'd just be so easy given the focus on fashion, though. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, you mean Nintendo costumes? Not just Nintendo costumes, but maybe Nintendo costumes tied in with some Nintendo-themed event. Right, right. I was thinking you meant just like a Nintendo Splatfest, which... 
But yeah, Nintendo costumes, that still boggles my mind. You know, a Mario cap for headgear. Like, come on, what? Yeah, and you could even stylize this stuff so it's not just the same kind of stuff you get through the 3DS Street Pass games. Like, Right, you could make them more fitting for the Inklings and stylish. More stylish, fresh. yeah. I don't know the numbers in terms of, you know, how many uh, Splatoon players are new fans, but I know that was a big focus for Nintendo is that they hoped to attract new fans to Wii U with Splatoon who, you know, maybe didn't mm-hmm. have a Wii or a GameCube or whatever. So if that's the case and they were successful in attracting a lot of new fans, then you'd really think they would want to push this, you know, get Mario in the game, get, well, not literally, but, you know, get Mario costumes, get Link costumes, get all that kind of stuff to, you know, advertise the other franchises. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Mario Tennis Ultra Smash is finally getting a bit more information out there. The cast is fleshed out by the usual suspects like Yoshi, DK, Wario and Waluigi, uh, Daisy, Rosalina, and the curveball, Boo. There are four unlockable characters. Uh, Should we say them? Spoilers? Do do people care about Mario Tennis spoilers? I didn't know Mario Tennis spoilers was a thing. I I don't know why we we would hold them back. Uh, It's Toadette, Bowser Jr., um, who Dry Dry Bowser. Bowser and a Sprixie, the green Sprixie from Super Mario 3D World. Hmm. Uh, there are very few courts, you know, it's all, it's all very vanilla Mario Tennis. Um, even when the courts do change, it's just the tiles on the ground, so not, not even the stadium in the background changes at all. Uh, it supports Amiibo in pretty much the same way Smash does. It has online play, but only with strangers for some reason. You can't play with your friends. Nintendo wants you to make new friends really bad. <laughs> you know, for the last, like, five years or so, I've been begging Nintendo to put as much effort into their character rosters as they do for the rest of the game. Be careful what you wish for! <laughs> I suppose. No, I mean, you don't suppose. Alex, the first Mario Tennis game had more characters than this. Yeah, I know, but but I feel <laughs> like the I feel like the the mechanics and the animations and things have gotten so refined over the years that what are you really asking for when you say you want them to put effort into Mario Tennis? I mean, I wasn't being terribly serious. There's Not only serious, serious business though. allowed on this podcast. Well, I mean, there are there are much better characters they could choose. No, than, no, no, definitely. Like, like golden pink baby peach exactly it's sad that green sprixie princess is the wild card yeah yeah no i'll agree with you there um but yeah it's uh man i i really don't have much to say about this it just looks like looks like like a very very low budget game that they just wanted to shove out there for the holidays no for sure and they can't even pull out more classic mario tennis characters like paratrooper or something like come on yeah i mean there's a lot of characters that are not there anymore and like at least like luma or like yeah paratroopa like mm. paratroopa was my main and and now he's gone <laughs> like the thing the thing though about mario tennis characters alex um you're you're asking that is all of the content that's in this game that's yeah so like they need a lot more characters than 16 and they need a lot more yeah. than if there's yeah. anything we can say about mario tennis characters it's that mario tennis gave us waluigi so well yes <laughs> absolutely but uh yeah i haven't i haven't i honestly haven't even picked up a single mario tennis game since the n64 one uh i saw mario tennis open because that was when the 3ds like really didn't have any other games i was really tempted to get that one because it seemed very like vanilla it didn't seem very gimmicky Uh yeah me and a friend played a lot of mario tennis on gamecube so we both were kind of like do we want to get it for 3ds not yeah eventually we decided to both pass on it yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was kind of vanilla. Character roster was kind of bland. But, you know, the Mario Tennis gameplay is really solid. It's really well refined. It's really great gameplay. If you like Mario Tennis and you want 
to get a new Mario Tennis game, Ultra Smash will do you fine. It's just disappointing to see this happen Yeah, for, for people who already have played plenty of Mario Tennis. Sure, and it'd be one thing if it really did something worthwhile, well, right, like yeah. better online play than it seems like we're getting. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. no. Well, and, and, you know, you look at something like Mario Kart, you know, how much can you really, really improve Mario Kart with each new iteration? They somehow still do it, and they keep the core gameplay really, really satisfying, and somehow each game is better and better and better. Yeah, it's Mario Tennis gameplay, what are you expecting? But, you know, they've proven that they can take core formulas that have already been perfected and still do them even better than before. Well, to be fair, though, Mario Kart is a game where track design can really vary between tracks and games whereas mario tennis is it's it's tennis courts like what are you gonna do well i mean they they could be creative though they could instead of having it be a you know a literal tennis court have it be set in a a more nintendo like setting you know maybe have like ice or you know quicksand or yeah they did that a lot in in mario tennis 64 i unfortunately Mm -hmm. missed out on power tennis but uh i've seen a lot like power tennis looked the 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 wildest of all the the mario tennis games i've yeah and so stuff like that you know you'd think they would go more in that direction rather than then bring it back more and more to just like this bland sort of wii tennis but with mario voice clips yeah exactly it it should be mario tennis not tennis with mario characters you know they they can do more to to leverage the unique worlds of Mario and the unique characters. Exactly. So, uh, in more positive Mario news, Nintendo has announced that Super Mario Maker is getting a big update on November 4th. Yeah, and it will finally add checkpoints. Uh, It also adds an official levels section full of Nintendo officially designed courses, uh, an event courses section that features levels made by other game companies and other game designers, a uh, more challenging version of Nat Attack and power-ups that are dependent on Mario's status as well. Um, Nintendo also announced that over 3.2 million Mario Maker courses have been uploaded by the community, so lots of stuff to play, even if you can't find it. So, you know, we've uh, we've harped a lot on the, the fact that it should have had checkpoints at the start. You know, it's great that they're finally putting it in, but uh, I'm really happy about the... Uh, the power-ups that are dependent on your status because that's something that boggled me that it wasn't in there from the start i remember making my first or i guess it would have been my second level my first level i just had the real basic tools but i remember making my second level after i'd unlocked some things and i had a fire flower and i'm like wait a minute i can't have this be you know a a mushroom or a fire flower i can it it can only be one or the other so i was really pleased that that's that that's being edited yeah absolutely i mean i think it's great the the checkpoints and the power-ups are two things that i specifically called out uh, as downsides of Super Mario Maker in uh, my review for Gamnesia. So it's great to see them making these these really stark gameplay improvements that are, are tangible, that make it feel more like traditional Mario, and, and fixing things that should have been in the game in the first place, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure, especially the power-ups thing. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah. I've intentionally not been trying too hard on courses because that's been missing, and it really, really limits sort of the way you can control the balance of your level designs yeah slopes angry suns yeah slopes uh new tile sets would be nice angry suns yeah um the more, feather more from mario in... land 2 <laughs> and more uh Maybe. more different types of backgrounds like desert background ice yeah. world you know it'd be yeah it'd be really great to have that full range of you know mario worlds to play with yeah i mean they've given yeah. us quite a few but i'm a greedy <laughs> So give me more. <laughs> right. Now, I'd love to see, for example, a take on the sort of dark world from Mario 3, but extended across all the other styles. So it's not just the volcano world that we get oh, in yeah. Super Mario Brothers, but actually a, a dark world. 
because um, that's that's one thing that I've I've kind of been disappointed about in in the recent Mario games is all the the sort of end worlds are very similar and and yeah. bland mm-hmm. and. Well, that kind of goes for Mario U style anyway. You know, the backgrounds are so bored. Like, even if you compare them to, like, Mario World in Mario Maker, you can tell so much more aesthetic work went into designing those backgrounds and those environments uh, than they did in New Super Mario Bros. It just looks so boring visually. Yeah. Um, Oh, and uh, a couple other things that I really want added in is uh, water and lava outside of, you know, water levels and castle levels. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, as always, to conclude the news segment of this week's show, we're bringing you a lightning round with little nuggets of information. If you want to read more about any of the stories we discussed uh, previously or anything you hear about in the upcoming lightning round, you can check them out at Gamnesia.com. The latest podcast episode will show up in the scrolling feature bar at the top of the site, and on that page, you'll see all of these links. Just Dance 2016, Guitar Hero Live, and the new Slenderman game, and Fatal Frame are all now available for Wii U in North America, as well as the Gravity Falls 3DS game. Game is currently distributing Hoopa to UK Pokemon players, and Wild Gunman is now available on the European Wii U eShop as Nintendo's little Back to the Future Day celebration. On October 30th, you can get the Hyrule Edition new Nintendo 3DS. It's also the European launch for Fatal Frame and the retail version of Shovel Knight, which North America will get on November 3rd. November 13th, you can buy the green Yarn Yoshi Amiibo without having to get the Woolly World bundle. November 15th, Pokemon producer Junichi Masuda will appear on a Pokemon variety show in Japan, so stay tuned for news then. November 20th, Octodad, Dadliest Catch releases on the Wii U eShop, and in Europe, the Animal Crossing Amiibo cards are launching their second wave. On November 27th, a Super Mario Maker faceplate for new 3DS is coming to Europe, and looks like that's actually our last date. So, some general facts that we learned last week and reminders for you. The reigning champion of Smash Bros, Zero, lost his first tournament in over 56 consecutive wins. He later released a video discussing the loss, if you're interested in that. Yeah, he he literally has not lost since before Smash Bros for Wii U came out, because he was playing it at tournaments before it was available, and he had mm-hmm. not lost a single match of Smash Bros Wii U in tournament play in, like, yeah, well over a year. really nuts. And meanwhile, the marching band at UC Davis put on a Smash Bros medley for a recent halftime show. One fan has created a Smash Bros. card game that uses Amiibo. Really cool, you can check it out. Other fans made a fully functional custom Shrek Amiibo, and yet another fan created gorgeous Amiibo for Pokemon Trainer Red and the main cast of Earthbound. Colin will be ordering those online shortly. Oh, I wish. (laughs) For more Amiibo, of course. Well, no, for a million dollar bike. The store in Goldenrod closed down, so I can't get it for free anymore. Um, a new speedrunning record has been set for the original Super Mario Bros, and someone has completed a 100% run of Ocarina of Time while blindfolded. In Japan, Nintendo is publishing a Super Mario Bros encyclopedia for the series' 30th anniversary, and a behind-the-scenes Fire Emblem book for its 25th. Nintendo has removed Fatal Frame's revealing outfits from its North American release. Data miners have discovered new weapons, headgear, and icons for new maps coming to Splatoon. Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer is getting Monster Hunter DLC. Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival will not feature any kind of online play. Ugh. KJ Inafune says Mighty Number no. 9 will not be delayed again. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Some analysts believe Nintendo's first mobile game will be revealed in the next few days. The investors meeting is tonight, so we'll see if that, that proves true uh, within just the next few hours. Sega issued an official apology for accidentally naming a new Sonic Runners character Boob. <laughs> 
<laughs> and finally, a new interview surfaced with the director of GoldenEye 007, one of Rare's greatest hits from their Nintendo 64 glory days. We got a lot of new information about its development, uh, Miyamoto's thoughts on the game, and more. So you can check out those stories at Gamnesia. There are three of them. We'll link them to you in the podcast story. All right, so that wraps it up for this week's news segment. Stay tuned after the break, and we will bring you a discussion segment. Um, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back for more Nintendo Week. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I am joined by Alex Plant. I have more things to not say. And Ben LeMoreau. I just got done taking a drink and I was not ready to speak. <laughs> uh, so for this week's discussion, uh, we thought we would turn to you guys, you listeners, for feedback. Um, we've been doing this podcast for over about half a year now. We've got 35 episodes. I'd, I'd say we found a nice little rhythm here. But as you know, there have been some weirdnesses. We've had to miss a few discussions and make some shorter episodes here and there. Uh, the lightning rounds are getting kind of long. So we want to know how you guys are feeling about a lot of these things. So what we're going to do is the three of us are going to open up a little bit about the show's format, you know, what we like about the show, but mostly where we think we could improve. And then we want to turn the floor over to you guys, uh, the listeners, to hear more about what you really like about the show, what parts you don't like so much, you know, what you want to see more of where you agree or disagree with what we're saying in this discussion. So, you know, we're really, really grateful that you guys are listening and we want to make sure that we are making the best show we can for you. So uh, please email me at colin at gamnesia.com while you're listening to our discussion or when you're done. Uh, I promise I will read all of them. So, so, you know, we're really looking for your input here. But, you know, that said, let's, let's get talking. Um... So I think it's fair to say we're all pretty happy with like how the news segments and talking points are going. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, sometimes there will be a, a news bit that kind of falls flat, but, yeah. you know, you can't really predict that until you're in the yeah. heat of the show. And um, <laughs> So, you know, naturally, <laughs> I'd love to see more of those ones that we really have a lot to say about, but it's been kind of a weird time for Nintendo, so I can't really beg too much for that. Yeah, and I think we're also, we're, we're getting to the discussions that we really want to dig into as well. You know, I, we, when we sort of cut stories from the, the, the list, we generally move them down to the lightning round instead. Yeah. Um, and those are generally the ones that we don't expect we're going to have much to say on. Right. Um, yeah. I, I really like our new segments just because it's, uh, you know, it's a good chance for all three of us to sort of get our input in on a topic. And, you know, we don't necessarily have to, uh, spend a whole lot of time elaborating, but we can yeah. just kind of share ideas back and forth and, so yeah, I, I think uh, our new segment is you know probably our, our strongest point. I don't know yeah. if you guys would agree with that, but no, I, w I would definitely agree with that. And especially you know a lot of the time when we've been sort of pressed for time, the discussion is 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 what goes. And I think that's largely because the way I see the show, at least, is primarily you know it's obviously a podcast and we're talking and having fun. But I think the real meat of the show uh, comes from sort of the the news breakdowns and stuff. So that's sort of why when when we don't have as much time, the discussion is what uh, we tend to cut. 
Um, and, you know, listeners, this is kind of where we're hoping you'll come in. If you don't like that, please tell us. So we know, gen- you know, generally what what we should be focusing on. Uh, lightning rounds. Um, those have been getting kind of long. I'm concerned that they're not super interesting to listen to. Um, I know certainly when I'm listening to the podcast and, and coming through it, I kind of zone out during the lightning rounds. Um, I added some background music re- more recently to make it a little more interesting, but, you know, they can still get kind of long and didactic, and, um, you know, I the reason we have them is because there's a lot of important news, I think, that you guys are going to want to hear and, and be reminded of, especially with, like, game releases and stuff. It can be really easy to forget about stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, you know, where's the line? When does it get to be too boring? too many reminders yeah and on the on the flip side when would a just a list of links serve the purpose just fine right at on the pod because i mean i imagine a lot of podcast listeners um and if you listen to the podcast uh this is something that i i want you guys really to know is that when we post the podcast uh to gamnesia we'll generally sticky that post for the next like three or four days and the post with the podcast embedded on it We'll have all the links for all the discussion topics we have, all of the lightning round stories, so you can go in and read those. And I imagine most people who listen to the podcast through iTunes are not doing that. And that's, you yeah. know, that's, we're not trying to ask people to do that, so that's fine. Um, but that is, you know, that's an option for you if you like listening on iTunes, but you don't like the lightning rounds, but you do want to get that sort of smaller um, you know, you, you want that news reminder portion, but you don't really want to have it taking up three or four minutes of audio time. Yeah. So I think perhaps the the biggest problem with making the lightning round interesting is when you, you're just reading off, like, say, uh, you know, 25 headlines in a row, it just it all kind of blurs together. Yeah. So I, I think maybe it would be good to uh, cut it down a little bit more. And we already do cut some stuff. We don't we don't talk about every single Nintendo story in the lightning. Yeah. Round. We, we, we prune a few. I think maybe we could afford to do a little more pruning and then maybe pause a little bit between stories because well uh in in uh the lightning round in this episode you know me alex and i each got a a few riffs in after some you know amusing Mm -hmm. stories or whatnot so i think that could be a that could be a little more fun if we had less stories in the lightning round but then you know maybe paused a little bit to see if anyone had some sort of uh snide remark to make about it (laughs) sure sure um yeah no and i like that idea um kind of the way I separate them, I don't know if you two actually listen to like the edited audio afterwards. Um, the way I sort of handle them uh, in post, though, is I will, you know, we group the stories sort of by subject matter, like the Smash Bros. stories will go together and the Mario stories will go together. Sure. Um, and I put in a little Game Boy sound to denote each like change of the news topic in the news segment. Um, and what I'll do is I'll put in the Game Boy sound for each like you know, here's the list of Smash Bros. news, and then list those, and then another Game Boy sound for the Mario list, and then for, and you know, when there's like a story about Yokai Watch and one about Fatal Frame and one about like Codename Steam or something, each of those generally get their own Game Boy sounds. Um, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> I guess I guess the challenge for making something like a lightning round more interesting is one of the points of the lightning round is that we don't really see this point as being something that we want to prepare too much on. Right. And yet to make a lightning round more interesting, you'd have to, in a way, kind of script it in a little more a little more detail. Right. Um, like I think I've, I've posed this idea before, but one of the things that I think would be interesting to do with the lightning round would be to take kind of 
I don't know if you guys watched the Stephen Colbert Late Show, but he does that opening monologue where he just rattles Mm -hmm. off on a a couple topics. But he turns them into kind of digs, and they're they're humorous, and and that'd be cool to do, but, you know, we're busy people, and and this is just something we do with our Tuesday nights because (laughs) we like talking about Nintendo, and this is a good structure in which to do that. That's sort of along the same lines of what I was thinking, just, you know, not scripted. And I, I know uh, right. you guys aren't super crazy about improvising too much on the podcast, but, you know. Well, I, not, not I think for we... the, like, more analytical points we want to make, but I'm fine improvising my terrible jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I think that's a format that could work well for the lightning round. It's just us sort of, you know, getting some shots in, you know, when we find a story, yeah. you know, amusing or ridiculous yeah. or whatever. And I think I think that could be a good solution. I do kind of worry about, like, the opening monologue kind of format that... Um, you know, that's it's it's less informational. I want the lightning round generally to, you know, let people know what they are able to do, like, at, yeah. at this point and what they will be able to do when. Because I think that's a lot of, and, and I think a lot of you listeners may agree, I think a lot of what can be hard to keep track of with, with gaming news in particular is if there's a game that you're really looking forward to um, that doesn't maybe get a lot of attention um, or like, especially with Amiibo is a great example. Um, you know, I think lightning rounds are really useful for like this thing launches at this time and, and this thing is available now. Like for example, in the lightning round we just had, you know, we talked about the gravity falls game. We would never talk about that as a talking point because, you know, it's just so not important to the grand scheme of Nintendo, but yeah, you know, there are, I'm sure people who want to listen to that. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, we've 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 gone on about the lightning round for a while. That was a long uh, lightning round. Ironically, maybe you <laughs> listeners who are thinking about giving feedback are getting bored. Um, yeah. So for discussion segments, this is sort of another area where I think you know we're really being inconsistent, and and part of that stems from not really being sure quite what kinds of discussion segments you listeners want to hear. Um, you know, do you want it? Do you like when we have guests on? Like last week, we had Tamaki. Uh, we had Ash Paulson earlier on from Game Explain. We had Artsy Omni from Smashified before. Um, do you like those kinds of discussions? And do you like those kinds of episodes? Uh, or do you generally tend to prefer when it's when it's the three of us, our group dynamic? Um, you know, how often do we need to have discussion segments? Like, does it bother you when we when we have to cut them in our sort of busier weeks, or does it really you know? are you really mainly listening for the news? Um, I have a lot more questions about discussion segments, but I don't know if either of you two have thoughts about that. Uh, well, personally, I think uh, the episodes where we've had guests on have gone pretty well because yeah. in addition to just, you know, adding another person to the, the group dynamic, usually, you know, they, they have some sort of interesting background or can, you know, bring something to the table that, you know, we can't necessarily, like Tamaki was, you know, able to talk about a lot of uh, just, you know, connections in the gaming industry and rumors and reports about games and things like that. And Artsyami oh, yeah. was able to clue us into, you know, his world of you know, all the things that he's able to do with Smashify and things like that. So I think the 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 guest topics have gone pretty well. Yeah, I think they've gone really well, too. Um, what I'm sort of wondering is, you know, we've only had three in... 35 episodes and you know maybe that's a good number maybe we should be having more maybe we shouldn't um i'm not quite sure if you want to hear less of us and more of other people let us know (laughs) (laughs) um and then about the frequency of discussion sections um do you guys have any particular thoughts we're we've like i sort of was saying about the news segment we've been in this sort of weird funk where nintendo's not really 
they're on the cusp of doing some interesting things, but in the meantime, it, it's it's kind of really boring to be following Nintendo. Yeah, it's been so long since we had a Nintendo Direct, especially. Yeah. Yeah, like, in the wake of E3, we had really, really good discussions. Oh, yeah. Um, and there have been a couple of Nintendo Directs that I think we followed up with some interesting things, but you have we haven't really had much to respond to lately. And that's... Yeah. That's been one of the reasons why we've sort of been okay going ahead with not having so many discussions lately but you know at the same time it, it, it it's kind of depressing because one of the things i most look forward to about this podcast is is just having something to chat about for a little while yeah no and, and me too and one of the things i i really love it when we do kinds of discussions like our favorite nintendo games or you know the 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 shame game list that you know the ones that we haven't played yeah um or the the theme park attractions i love stuff like that but uh, you know, part of it, as you said, is they haven't really given us a whole lot to work with. Uh, at yeah, the and there's moment. only so many of those random topics you can just dig yeah, up and like keep... favorites, like games we haven't played. Yeah, honestly, I, who's going to care if I want to talk about Other M now? Because I haven't talked extensively about Other M ever before, <laughs> and maybe I have something interesting to say that someone hasn't heard. But is anyone really going to care at this point? And yeah. is there anything? like better that i could be talking about i don't even know. let us know viewers do you want alex to talk about other m <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i think looking back at certain parts of nintendo is can be some of the more interesting episodes yeah but again you know how many people are interested in that if you're interested please let us know because uh, these are the kinds of questions that we want to sort of gauge um we, you know we want to make that the kind of podcast where where you guys are all really interested and in, in what we're doing every single week and so stuff like that you know you, you know it, it could be interesting to a couple people it could really bore the hell out of a bunch of others or you know maybe everyone really wants to hear about that so yeah nintendo's again in a kind of weird position in that they've had this really strong legacy and a lot of people love like reminiscing about you know their past experiences with nintendo and that's something you don't really get mm-hmm. out of a lot of other companies maybe sega even then, not really. And, but not but yeah, way. even then, Sega fans have no offense, Sega fans, but kind of died <laughs> off. <laughs> um, Nintendo's kind of absorbed them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so there's a lot that you can kind of look back on and and say something interesting about. But mm-hmm. but how do you choose what what to talk about? Yeah, and then so I guess another question we're kind of getting into is like like kinds of top five type things like our top five characters or top five games versus more like subject topical discussions like um you know nintendo's relationship with indies could be worth talking about you know a lot of this stuff might require a little bit more investigation and pre-planning which could play into how busy we are and then could affect how often we're actually able to offer them um you know we'd have to see but like what you know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you fans are thinking about what kinds of discussion segments you like best or better or less well. Um, the interesting thing about top lists is that, for one, the three of us are really unlikely to agree on them. Yeah. Whereas for a lot of discussion topics, we may all be in agreement on something. And so there's only so much back and forth you can get out of that. Uh, and the other thing is, not only will we not all agree, but it's almost certain that most of the, most of the fans will disagree with at least yeah. one of us. Uh, yeah. And so that contention creates interest and and discussion uh, from fans. I so. don't know if you guys saw the reaction to um, it was a listener question asked what Nintendo games we've personally been disappointed by. 
and Ben said he was personally disappointed by Kid Icarus Uprising. And <laughs> I got so much hate for that. Everyone <laughs> just destroyed him in Including the comments. Including Alex's on... wife. Really? She oh my would. God. She would. That's so funny. But, you know, and, and Facebook comments, YouTube comments, Gamnesia comments, like, just everywhere flooded with, Bring like, all the hate. what are you talking about, Ben? And everyone thought you were calling it a bad game. Everyone thought, you know, like, oh, he didn't even, you know, like, you can't call a game bad if you if you haven't even finished it. But, like, but it's ben, just were an you answer. calling it a bad game? I wasn't calling it a bad game. It just didn't grip me. I didn't really enjoy yeah, yeah, the, uh, exactly. the ground sure. segments, and I found the controls clunky. But, yeah, and but that's a good example of, of <laughs> the kinds of <laughs> amusing results. We Your get. hatred only makes me stronger. <laughs> when uh, when we, we talk about subjects like those that, that we're likely to disagree on. Um, and a lot of that, I think, goes nicely into sort of my next question is, uh, we haven't been getting a lot of questions or feedback from you guys uh, over email. Um, so, like, we do sometimes, like, this mystery house thing, like, when we got the question about games that disappointed us. Um, but, you know, it's it's not often that we get those. And I'm wondering if, if you listeners are thinking about them and just, for whatever reason, don't end up sending them in. Or if you guys would like a prompt every week that sort of gets you thinking about questions you could ask us, like, maybe... Um, I don't know. Questions about the Zelda timeline. Yeah, sure. I mean, even (laughs) like... Alex and I could talk for hours about that one. (laughs) So I think listener questions can be for sure one of the most interesting things about a podcast, especially one like ours, and can foster that kind of disagreement amongst us that leads to the most interesting discussions, uh, disagreement with you guys that leads to, you know, your own contributions and interactions with us on uh, like through email or on this at Gamnesia or on YouTube. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I tend to think are the most fun, but we're not getting a lot of listener questions for. Um, and I'm wondering if you guys just don't want to do that, you know, if, if, if we should find something else to do instead of Mystery Houses, or, you know, if, if you would like to be asked questions by us more often. And let's be clear, one of the things we really value about things like user questions is that one of the interesting things about being personalities on the internet is is having people respond to things or having people participate and we don't we don't we don't want to just do this to be talking heads on the internet we want to do this because we want to be part of a conversation and we want you to be part of the conversation we don't want to just be sort of talking in a circle yeah so we we are asking because we really value the kinds of things that you want us to do and that ways that you can participate yeah well said and then there's just some other stuff like, you know, how how's like the editing of the audio coming along? I know sometimes I'll make a couple mistakes. Um, I know like we all have different kinds of microphones and so it picks up our voices differently. And so then I have trouble sometimes. But anyway, you know, is the audio working for you guys? I know like the podcast can be pretty quiet and I've gotten some comments on that. I, my audio editor, I use Logic Pro and for whatever reason that like limits the sound output you can have. And I've tried everything I could. Um, I finally started like running them through Audacity, but bumping up the volume made it sort of sound kind of fuzzy. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that's an issue for you guys, if you would like to t- sort of see that get louder or like the, the, the voice levels. I, I don't know how you guys are responding. I think it seems to be okay, but... But you're also um, the guy editing it and you just want it to be done, so... I, yeah, well, yeah, that is true. <laughs> that does part. color your perception a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I want to know if that's, you know, if, if I'm 
doing a good job at that or if you know i need to spend more time on that like where what you guys are sort of thinking as you're hearing it and uh and how we distribute it too um yeah is there anywhere else you want to see the podcast i guess would be a good yeah well i think i mean i think it's going really well with with like sort of uh putting the news discussion segments on youtube and then posting like little articles sort of about our thoughts about them it's been going on for more than half a year now and you know it generally it seems to be really well received um so i think that's going well but you know if there's anything sort of on that front that that you guys are seeing um not go so well that you disagree with about the way we're doing it you know please let us know we we like constructive feedback as long as it's constructive you know it's perfectly fine to say you know you're doing this wrong basically (laughs) anything else from you guys that you're sort of wondering about or want to add i'm tapped out i mean i guess we we see sort of where things go especially as the nintendo topics start kind of streaming in because yeah. that'll be the real test, I think, is is how well do we handle that the transition from the sort of dead Nintendo period to the vibrant, interesting Nintendo period. If we can't do yeah. that, then then we're clearly doing something wrong. But, <laughs> you know, in the meantime, it'd be nice to know uh, from from you guys, the listeners, what we could mm-hmm. be doing better. Yeah. And I mean, we're you know, some of you guys are reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, we've been getting a lot of like really good reviews. So thank you. It seems like we're doing stuff right. But, you know, obviously iTunes tends to be like one star or five stars. So, you know, if uh, I don't know that that's a great representation, it might be, it might be. And we know that there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Yeah, No matter, no matter how many stars you have, you know, you can always do better. And and that's what we want to do. We want to give you guys the best show we can. So again, uh, thank you guys for listening to that. Um, If you have feedback for us, if you want to sort of answer any of the questions that we've asked you here in this discussion segment, Um, If you want to share with us sort of your perspective on what's been going really right, what's been going kind of wrong for you in listening to this, um, you know, anything, please, please email me, colin at gamnesia.com. That's C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A dot com. Again, I'll read all of them. So yeah, we're really looking forward to what you guys have to say. And we're looking forward to making a better show for you guys. Cheers. Cheers. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is the Endo Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from this show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. It really helps with visibility, so we greatly appreciate it. We're up to about 36, I think, now, aiming for 40 and beyond, so if you like what we're doing, please consider helping out. Um, If you have feedback, again, send it to Colin at Gamnesia.com. You don't need to hear that spiel again. Um, And listener questions as well, if you've got questions. If you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We've got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it. Nintendo news we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. And of course, by the time you're listening, there's going to be a lot of news up from their investors meeting. Could be about NX, could be about mobile, could be about QOL, could be about movies, could be about anything. So be sure to check it out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the final days of Spooky Month.
And on that page, you'll see all of these links. I need a drink of water desperately before I do this. <laughs>